Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Mesa Christian Church. Pray for a moment for God to touch our nation and the people of our land. Father, we thank you for what you are doing. We thank you for your mighty work of grace across our nation. Lord, you see the great need, but we see your spirit and power is at work. And Lord, you're going to use the church, you're going to use the body of Christ to bring true reconciliation across our land. Lord, you're going to cause a rising up of millions of people searching for truth. Some have drifted away from the church, but we believe that many are going to be drawn to you, Lord, and encounter you and your power and grace. And I pray that in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, you would speak to our hearts, and Lord, we would see transformation happen in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Everyone said? Amen. Let's take our seats. God is so good. So I just want to share for a few minutes today on the power of being reconciled to God and reconciled to one another. And God wants us to have a welcome culture in our hearts, in our church, in our families. Have a welcome culture where we reach out and embrace and welcome. I thank God for all the different nationalities that are represented in our church here and all the people groups. Part of our DNA is inclusive. We accept and include everyone, all ages, all backgrounds, all nationalities. And I thank God for that. In, uh, in our church, and that was demonstrated again very powerfully this morning, and I believe that God is at work to transform our lives. If you've got your Bible, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 to 21, just want to look at a few verses today, and to stir our hearts on being reconciled to God and to one another. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That, was, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. There We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us, We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That word implore is a very strong word, pleading, almost commanding. Say, don't miss out on the the gift of life in Christ. And then because we're reconciled, he says, I want you to make every effort to bring reconciliation to other people's lives. Hey, the body of Christ is the most powerful place where people of all ages and backgrounds come together and are joined in one heart and spirit because Christ is the center. And as soon as we start to sing, something happens. When we worship, it joins all of our hearts together. You can have all different perspectives on what taste of food you have and clothing and what sort of music you like and what sort of house you want to live in and what your hobbies and recreations and favorite sport and all those things. That We can have such an incredible diversity, but when we come and start to worship Jesus, all of a sudden we're all drawn together. We are of one heart and one spirit. When we pray together, you all come with open hearts, all needing God and His grace and power. So prayer and worship joins our hearts. It reconciles us together in one heart and spirit. That's why the church is such a powerful place. The body of Christ is such a powerful place in our society where people can gather and come, where you can have the rich and those who are not so rich, the educated and those not so educated. We're all one in Jesus Christ. How amazing is that? And God uses the diversity of that. So first of all, it says, Reconciliation to God through Jesus. Romans 5.10 says, For if, 
while we were God's enemies, that's a pretty strong way to put it, but that's what we were when we were in our sin, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Well, it's a gift. It's been offered to us through Jesus Christ. And how powerful it is, whether you've been saved for a week, a month, a year, or 50 years, I think how powerful it is to be reconciled to Christ. And I love just hanging out with new Christians. That guy that was here this morning, he, he couldn't speak at the end of the service. He was just weeping. He says, I, I can't speak. I said, what's happened? He says, I've just met God. And he, he, his heart was just reconciled to Jesus. And I love meeting people when they first encounter God's love. It is so powerful. And if your Christian life gets a little bit dull and boring, I urge you get around some new Christians or get around some people who are about to encounter Christ and that will change your world. It's just like we dedicated Ayla. How amazing the change that happens when a baby comes into a household. Everything changes. Everything changes. It's the same when a new Christian comes into your world, or you have the privilege of leading someone to Christ or being a direct influence in helping sow a seed and then seeing them come to Christ, that, that will change your world. It will get you focused, busy, get you out of the place of self-centeredness because now you've got to reach out. A baby demands attention. And I believe God wants to draw us to that place where we are helping people to be reconciled when our hearts receive forgiveness from Jesus, we are set free to help bring reconciliation in all of our relationships. How amazing that when you come to Christ, all of a sudden you want to start to love people and start to deal with things that have been issues for a long time. And the enemy will try and stop us from encountering Jesus. And when he can't stop you encountering Jesus, he'll try and get you focused on other things so that you don't walk in the fullness of his spirit. But Jesus here really clearly says, be reconciled to God. And secondly reconciliation to one another. Jesus has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Sometimes I meet zealous young people say, I want to know what my ministry is. And I said, well, you can play an instrument. You can start to be involved there. Or you love kids, get involved with the kids' ministry. Or you love caring, or you're practical, drive the bus, do whatever. But there's a ministry that Jesus said all of us have been given. It's the ministry of reconciliation. That's not just for a few of us who we think might be evangelists or really outgoing, friendly people. All of us have been called to the ministry of reconciliation, where we help reconcile people to God and we help reconcile people one to another by our lifestyle, by our words, encouraging people to forgive, encouraging people to lift their eyes above the things that are destroying or draining their life or their family. All of us have been given the ministry of reconciliation. It comes from, reconciliation comes from the word reconcile, to bring back together. R is again, so to bring them back together. God's called us for that ministry. What an awesome privilege that is. Lisa's heading back to Africa soon and she'll be over there helping people reconcile to God and to one another. And we, in our neighborhood, in our families, we all have that privilege. It's not just an option. Oh, well, you can take that, you can tick that box if you like. Jesus said, I've given to you the ministry of reconciliation. 
And sadly, across our land, through the last 230 years, there have been many attempts to try and reconcile the Aboriginal and Islander people with the European culture and then all the other refugees that come in. And some of the attempts have been well-meaning and sincere and have had good fruit. And sadly, some have caused even more pain and destruction across the world because man has been trying with their best efforts and us to reconcile, but if we don't include God in the picture and if our hearts aren't reconciled to God and free, we're going to be doing it in our own efforts, with our own agendas, and sometimes with our own prejudices and fears and everything wrapped in there, and no wonder it hasn't worked out that well sometimes. But in Christ, He frees our heart, and then we are able to be freely process our fears and pains and judgments and, and issues in our souls so that we can truly reconcile. Minister hope in our world. And I believe that God's raising up the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ, to be front and center of the major reconciliation that's going to happen across our land between white and dark colored, between refugees and people in our own land from all different backgrounds. I believe that God's going to raise up the church because so many of the well-meaning government and organizational charity efforts have not succeeded because often there's mixed motives and, and just lack of wisdom. But the body of Christ, we are positioned to touch the heart and change the soul by Christ. And, and God can use us in reconciliation. We're all created in God's image. When I'm reminded that no matter who I meet, they are created in God's image. But sin and shame has stained that image over every life. But when I'm sharing with someone, whether they're being difficult or nice, that person is created in the image of God. And God wants to wipe away and break the stain and the shame and the guilt and every scheme of the enemy that's come over their life. The more I love God and love people, I see them through His eyes. You don't just see the outward words and behavior and actions and reactions, you start to see their heart that was created in God's image that's been marred and full of pain and loss and shame. And as you allow Christ to reconcile your heart, you start to look at others with those sort of eyes. And that makes life a whole different world. And you, you touch their hearts and, and hope comes and something changes and shifts and I believe that God's raising us as a church and as Christians to be ones who minister the ministry of reconciliation. God's put you in your workplace. He's put you in your street. He's put you in your school or your university class or your family or sphere of connection so that you can be one who ministers reconciliation. And the enemy lies to and says, well, you're not good enough. You don't have all the answers. And you've tried before and look what happened. The Spirit of God will teach us. He will pour His love out of our hearts. And it got me thinking about, what did Jesus teach on this? And I thought about the Good Samaritan. Just like to look at that story briefly today. Luke 10, 25. On one occasion, expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied. How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus gives the most classic 
reply the story that many people know. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. When he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. He couldn't claim ignorance that he didn't see him. He was a priest, speaks about a spiritual leader, obviously busy, had something to go to or just didn't want to get involved. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him passed on the other side of the road. A Levite, someone who helped out a called of God person, he chose not to get involved. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. He put the man in his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Wow, this was a stranger. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the man who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Now, some of you know your Bible history. Samaritans were not liked by the Jews. They were a multi-race type people and go right back into the Old Testament history where there was intermarriage. And so they were not accepted. There was a lot of disconnect. Significant reconciliation needed to happen. It's amazing that Jesus appeared to the woman at the well and she was a Samaritan. Some of the Jewish people weren't getting it, so he said, I'll go to someone who's probably more aware of their need and brokenness. And she, she was one of the first that Jesus revealed to her that he was the Messiah. And now he tells the story to these religious Jewish leaders and that the Samaritan, that was just a real challenge to them. Jesus loved to stir people up with the truth because he wanted to get beyond, beyond their religious walls and thinking agendas and patterns. And so he told the story, the Samaritan was the only one who helped this person that was bleeding and dying on the side of the road. I thought, wow, Lord, help us never to be too busy or think that someone who comes along our world that needs help, that we can't help them. Now, I know there's huge need and you can't help everyone, otherwise you'll never sleep and you'll have no money to feed your own family. Some of us have gone down that road and, and wanted to be the good Samaritan to everyone. But sometimes you'll see a need. You mightn't be the one that's able to meet it, but you can help point them to someone who does or make a phone call or say, hey, I know someone who might be able to help you. And so the good Samaritan understood to reach out and bring reconciliation and to go and help. And that gets me thinking, who is your neighbor? Whoever God brings across your path that you're able to help. Now, you ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom. What's my part in helping this person? And it might be just making a phone call and connecting with someone else who's much better able to help them. It may be in prayer. How do you bring reconciliation? Praying for one another is a powerful way to help bring breakthrough in their life. Because you don't know the schemes and lies of the enemy that have been sown to that person. By praying for them and if possible with them, it can be a point where they start to get connected to God. So prayer is powerful. But don't just stay at prayer. 
when God says, I want you to be a reconciler. How do you do that? By building understanding through friendships. It's amazing when you have an assumption about the new neighbors down the street and you can assume, well, their family's a bit crazy and there's stuff happening. But when you actually meet and start talking with them and maybe have a cuppa together or talk over the fence, all of a sudden you get to experience their world and understanding starts to come. You think, wow, now I understand why there's some, a bit of chaos and strife around this family. And, or you get to talk to someone that is just so self-sufficient and doesn't want to connect and you find out their journey. And they won't open up until they feel loved and trusted and accepted. So by building, understanding friendships, listening to understand, not to judge or to try and fix things up. We're, as Christians, we're sometimes fixer-upperers. We see those shows where they're all fixing, fixing up houses and they buy the uh, worst house in the best street and they fix them up. Sometimes as Christians, we're trying to fix everyone up when only Christ can really change their world. But they're not going to connect with Christ and trust Him unless we are the bridge of understanding and friendship. And I just believe God wants to, it's a simple message, but it's a powerful message, again, that the doors are opening for people's hearts all over our city and our community. I'm finding it so easy to share with people now. There's so many people desperately searching for answers the world is so crazy. I had a lady come into the office the other day with her son who was coming to talk with Peter about young adults and, and, and her heart was just so, I mean, she says, I can't watch the news anymore. It's just so crazy and there's terrorism and violence and, and this lady, just a really nice lady serving in our community but not yet discovered that real walk with Jesus but just open and her heart was just so touched. She said, you guys are amazing what you're doing and she had never met us before. We're just sharing a few things we do with transformation because she kept asking questions. And she was just so amazed. I thought, Lord, you've opened doorways of reconciliation across our city. Don't put it down. Keep reaching out. So, and thirdly, if you want to build a relationship, you've got to show love, kindness, acceptance, respect, and hope. Serve one another in love. As um, Tommy Barnett said, if you want to find your ministry, find a need and fill it, find a hurt and heal it. That's pretty simple, isn't it? And that's how many people grow in their faith. You find a need and try and fill it. You find a hurt and try and heal it with God's grace, with love, with support, with encouragement. And it's amazing what God can do. Just a couple of scriptures to wrap it up today. Micah 6, 8. One of those little prophets in the Old Testament that maybe we don't read very often, but we should. He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? Three things. To be just, to love, to diligently practice kindness and compassion, and to walk humbly with your God. Setting aside any overblown sense of importance or of self-righteousness. That's telling us, isn't it? <laughs> He's showing you, a oh man, what is good. To be just, to love mercy and kindness and compassion, and to walk humbly with our God. That's a great three points that we could think about in our lives. Just having the door open. Loving people. Some of us have got chaotic family situations around us. Crises in people's lives. You can be one who can minister the ministry of reconciliation. Trying to help people get connected 
back to God. Listening to their hearts. Maybe they've never heard someone really explain the good news. Your story might be the doorway to open their heart for hope. They think, wow, if God can do it for you and your family, maybe he can turn my world around. Maybe he can help build hope into our world and our life. I believe that God is healing hearts and restoring hope for many people in our community and our nation, and especially for the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. I believe God is opening a door of reconciliation for our church and our lives in this area and this region. And, and I believe it's a door we need to walk through. We need to walk through the opportunities that come. I remember the first year we were here, Pastor Les Mucken, who was leading an Indigenous work, came to our Minister's Association meeting and said, we need to have a cleansing of the land ceremony. And I wasn't sure what he meant by that because I'd heard different stories. <clears throat> he said there were several massacres happened here in Harvey Bay and Fraser Island over 100 years ago. And he says, from his understanding, there'd been no specific um, prayer and ceremony of forgiveness and cleansing the land of what had happened. And as soon as he started to spoke, I'd never met him. The Holy Spirit said, he's right and you need to support him. And it's my first meeting with the local ministers. I didn't know what to do. I, he listened and we spoke. So he organized a, a meeting about three months later and had a conference and some of you were at that. And on the Saturday night, they had a meeting where some of the pastors got together and we washed the feet of Pastor Les and some of the other Aboriginal leaders and we started to pray. And as I prayed, I had one of the most incredible intercessory moments I've ever had in my life. This is the first year we're here, 15 years ago. And I was washing Pastor Les's feet and I started to pray. And as I prayed for reconciliation and healing, my spirit started to hear the cries of the blood of people that had been massacred over 100 years ago. And I'm hearing the screams of revenge and anger and judgment. And I'm trying to pray and I'm weeping and my spirit was just bursting. I thought, God, what do I do with this? I'm talking to him and I'm praying out here and I could just, my soul was just so overwhelmed with the pain and anguish and I could feel even some of the people that were in the room because they were the descendants of those that had been through the tragedy and pain of massacres and mistreatment that had happened well over 100 years ago. And I could hear the blood crying out like it says, Abel's blood cried out from the ground. And that's what the Spirit of God showed me. And then, as I'm doing I said, Lord, what do I do? And then I heard, I heard the cry of the blood of Jesus from heaven come. And it cried out not for judgment, but it cried out for mercy and forgiveness and reconciliation. So here I am in the middle, my heart just being pounded by the pain of this and I'm weeping. Then I hear the blood of Christ from heaven crying out, for mercy and forgiveness and reconciliation. I started to pray that out and something shifted in my heart. It shifted in a whole lot of people's lives. It shifted in our community. And from that day on, I said, God, you're going to bring a restoration in our city and our community for the indigenous people and the stuff that's gone on over 100 years or more in our area. And I've cried out for that for 15 years and I've tried to see how it could happen. And seen very little progress until this year, God started to turn things. 
Maddie got saved a couple of years ago and then he got healed last year. And the Holy Spirit said, Maddie's going to be one that's going to be a bridge to bring him in. And then I started to realize I added up over 20 people coming to our church from Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander background this year. And we'd always only had maybe six or eight or 10 at the most. And I realized God was up to something. 15 years I'd prayed and cried and now I'm seeing the answers start to come. Don't give up praying for your family or things that have held your, your heritage in bondage or situations in our community because the Spirit of God has a time and a way and a season. And if you're faithful to pray into it and be available and be open for the ministry of reconciliation, God will do it by His Spirit. And this morning something powerful happened as we started to worship in this place. You could feel another shift happening in the spirit realm and the love of God just pouring out over people's hearts and lives. And I believe we're going to see that not only for our indigenous community but for thousands of others who are disenfranchised, that are locked out through religion and pain and abuse and brokenness, that the Spirit of God has come with the ministry of reconciliation and He's given it to all of our hearts so it will flow through your prayer. It'll flow through your connection and listening to understand and then it'll flow through your actions and the Spirit of God will do what we can't. He will do what we can't and change a mind and heal a heart and shift things that have locked people out of the kingdom or have locked people out of freedom and wholeness and life. And I believe that God by His Spirit is bringing about a reconciliation of hearts to God and to one another. You can't do it on your own, but God won't do it without you. Whenever there's a need, He will send a man or a woman or a group. Change their heart and then flow through them. And I believe God's called us as a church, as a Christian community, to be ministers of reconciliation. And when you start to open your heart to people of different ages, backgrounds, nationalities, your very heart will be deeply challenged because God will challenge any prejudice or judgments in your own soul, any fears in your heart. He will want to heal any stuff that's left over in your soul so that you can truly be as best a representative of Jesus as possible. It's an exciting and dangerous thing to pray because when you pray, guess what? God says, okay, I'm going to use you, but I'm going to change you before I can use you. And I've learned a long time, I don't ever pray neighbors out of your neighborhood that you don't like because God will send two or three more. Don't ever pray for those to be moved out because God's often allowed them to come to change us. There are occasional times when people come and they're unwilling to change and they're just a scheme of the enemy to bring destruction. It's okay sometimes to pray them on, but do it with great wisdom and do everything possible to reconcile first. And I believe God's positioning our church and your life to be a ministry of reconciliation. Come on down, worship team. Prophetically, God plants things in the Spirit some of you have got dreams and visions. You've had a heart to see people groups in our community come to Christ. Maybe it's the single mums. Maybe it's the unemployed young people. Maybe it's older people that have been just disenfranchised. Maybe it is Aboriginal and Islanders. Maybe it's young people from 
broken homes that need some, someone to be a stable father and mother figure in their world. We've got our Bayside Transformation to reach out to those that are broken in drug and alcohol abuse. Maybe it's helping people that have come out of religious backgrounds that just don't understand grace and love and acceptance, that it's all about laws and rules, and God can use you to be a sower of love and grace. How awesome is it? God says, I've reconciled you to God, and I've given you the ministry of reconciliation. Let's stand in His presence today. Oh, Lord, I thank you for your love. Let's just reach up to heaven for a moment and let his love fill out. I want you to thank God that he's reconciled you to Christ. And he's taken you on a journey over these weeks, months, years or decades. Thank God that he's reconciled you to Christ. And today, as we've shared, I believe prophetically, the Spirit of God is stirring some of our hearts to not pull back, but to step up and say, God, I'm available for you to flow through me to bring reconciliation to my family, my household, the people group that I've felt a heart for, those young people, those broken families, those indigenous people in our neighbourhood, the unemployed, those that have been through brokenness and abuse, those that have been rejected. Lord, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your grace, Lord. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.